You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Radio show along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Rob, good morning. How are you, buddy? Doing well, Gary. How you doing this morning? Oh, as as always, man. I'm doing my best to hang in there over here. Man. Aren't we all? It's a struggle. You know, it, it's tough. It's tough, man. It is. It is. Well, some good news is that the interest rates have started coming down again. They're getting close to those all-time lows. Well, weren't you just like about a month, maybe a month and a half ago, telling me that you thought by midsummer they were going to actually go up? I did, and they were. <laughs> and it's like, you know, things happen in the economy, and just things happen out of our control that create these scenarios where interest rates go down. So I'm not a good psychic or anything of that nature, that's for sure. But like we've always talked about, you really have to be ready and decisively move forward with opportunities when they come up. So I think it'd be a great thing for us to talk about specifically the refinancing process today and how to have a successful refinancing process because there's going to be so much of that happening as we continue through the year. Yeah, but people are so intimidated by refinancing. Why are they so intimidated by the whole process? You know, I can't figure it out because I've been you know, focused, I would say, on helping people with refinancing strategies and whatnot over my career, which is now almost 20 years. So I take it for granted, you know, my process and my team and what we do. But I think there's several reasons why people are intimidated by it. The number one would be everybody knows somebody that had a nightmare or a horror story getting a mortgage, whether it was buying a home and things fell through at the last minute or their loan got denied right before closing or someone that was trying to refinance and it's you know six months for them to refinance and they're getting asked for paperwork after paperwork and it just gets really... Uh, confusing. It gets really frustrating as a homeowner to keep getting asked for more things. And you're like, is my loan going to go through? And you hear about all that. So I think that's one reason. Another one would be when you got your last mortgage, buying a home or doing a refi, maybe your loan officer wasn't very good. Maybe their team didn't know what they were doing and your the process seemed to drag out and just really gave you a lot of stress. One bad situation like that, just like any other industry, you kind of get gun shy. You don't want to go through it again. You get those feelings that you had before and say, you know what? I don't care how good this is going to be for me. I can't put myself through the ringer like that. Um, and a lot of home buyers that have never refinanced, the home buying process, it can be intimidating, cumbersome. It can be long. Um, and also there's a lot of paperwork that's required when you're buying a home and actually getting a mortgage to buy a property. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that paperwork's not required when you refinance, but people don't realize that. So they think, oh, I got to come up with these hundreds of pages and the tax returns, the bank statements, the retirement, all this stuff. And they go, gosh, is it really worth it to save $100, $150 or a couple hundred a month? No, it's probably not worth it. 
And that would be the last thing I would say on why it's intimidating for people is it's just so easy to put off. I mean, if you're looking at refinancing, you already have a mortgage or you already have a property. So it's not one of those things that you have to do. It's not one of the pressing items on your to-do list is let me refinance my house. So people find it easy to just brush it aside and day-to-day things happen in life. And when people think that it's going to take a lot of effort and time, they just keep putting it away. Next thing you know, the rates go up, the home values change, loan programs change. They finally get around to it. And unfortunately, it can be too late. What are the steps? Like, Take me through the process, the steps of, of, of refinancing. So every company is going to have a different process. Every loan officer is going to have a different strategy or milestones that they take you through. So I'm going to focus in on really me and my team and how we've done it at my company that's been very successful. Also with technology and innovation, the process has changed a little bit, especially over the last couple of years. But I think generally speaking, the first step is going to be to raise your hand, to reach out, to make an inquiry and say, I'm interested in refinancing. That could be a phone call. That could be a text message. That could be an email or maybe just going online and putting an inquiry in on a website or something. You need to raise your hand, though, and and explain why you're looking to refinance, what your goals are. And then your loan officer is going to do an analysis. We're going to analyze your credit, your income, your your property value, all these different factors that are going to play in. And also look at what programs you're qualified for based on all those factors, conventional, FHA, VA, all these different loan programs, and then come back to you with a proposal. And that kind of concludes the first step in the process is this proposal that we're going to make to say, hey, here's based on the information you provided what you're going to qualify for. Here's how much money you could save by refinancing. Here's the different goals you can achieve by Mm -hmm. refinancing. Um, Sometimes, not often, but sometimes I'll come back and say, it doesn't make sense to refinance. You're only going to save 20 bucks a month or you already have a great interest rate, a great loan. There's not really a lot of benefit there. And we'll look at that up front and just tell you that. But again, with the rates being so good, with the home values being so high, that's very rare. If you have a loan officer that tells you that, you know, just know that they're honest because not many will actually tell you not to move forward. The second step in the process, once you decide to accept that proposal, you want to move to the next phase, is that we're going to need to get some paperwork done, specifically um, federal banking laws and state banking laws require. There's a lot of compliance and oversight with a mortgage. So before we can move into the processing area loan, we actually have to Uh, disclose the loan. You have to electronically or physically sign a loan application, loan estimate, all these federal disclosures. It's quite a bit of paperwork. And that's one of the reasons, Gary, why people can get intimidated because when they bought their home, they might have had to sign 150 pages. And it's like so much to read and this and that. I will say that now it's not as cumbersome of a process. The electronic signing now, it used to be on paper. Now we can do almost all the documents right on your phone, tablet, or computer. So that signing process that could take 45 minutes in person on a sheet of paper, you can now do on your phone, on your tablet, on your email, you know, computer in like five to 10 minutes. It can be a very quick process. Once you sign the application and those disclosures, then we can move into the processing of your loan. This is going to be like verifying your employment, getting all your documentation for your income, assets, et cetera. 
Uh, we're going to have the underwriter look at all that. Make sure nothing's missing. Make sure that your loan meets all the guidelines. If there's an appraisal needed, that's the point when we'll order the appraisal. You know, those can take uh, several weeks right now, given the current market and how active it is. And then once all that stuff is done and the processing of your loan is complete, then you're going to move into the final stage, which is the closing and the funding of your loan, where you're going to sign the final paperwork. And then the title company or attorney is going to actually disperse the mortgage out, disperse the proceeds of your loan. That could be paying off your current mortgage, paying off debt. That could be giving you money that you're receiving from closing, whether it be for home improvements or buying another property, investing, that sort of thing. That's all going to take place at that final stage, which is the closing and the funding. So I know it may seem like a lot, and I'm being you know very thorough in my explanation, but this can go on a lot of this behind the scenes where you're not really involved. And it can be very painless for you. A lot of the loan processing and underwriting, it, it can happen without you lifting a finger. It's really being uh, on the shoulders of the loan processor and loan officer. But there are common misconceptions. You know it as well as I do. People have a lot of misconceptions about refinancing. There's a lot of misconceptions, and I think that's why a lot of people don't refinance even when they should. <laughs> One of the biggest ones is people think it's going to be very time consuming. It's going to take a lot of their time to gather the documents and answer the questions and go through this entire thing and that it's going to take forever. I know that there's some banks and credit unions that right now will tell people up front, it's going to take us 60 to 90 days or even 120 days to get the refinancing completed. And when people hear that long of a time frame, they don't want to be involved in a process that long. It's very cumbersome for them. People have jobs and kids and yeah. obligations. Why take that long? But I will say my company and, and my strategy that I use, we can close these very quickly. I would say on the high end, it would be maybe 30, 45 days. On the low end, it can be just a couple weeks. Um, but that that's one issue and misconception is they think, oh, just because my bank told me or my friend told me it took four months, that that's all the way it's going to be. That's absolutely incorrect. The next thing is people prejudge themselves and they say, well, I filed bankruptcy three years ago, so now I can't get a new mortgage. That's incorrect. Or I had a divorce, so now there's no way they're going to approve me for a mortgage because I pay child support or I pay alimony. That can be incorrect. Maybe you had something happen with your job. Oh, I just switched jobs or my business didn't do as good last year. And they just, they prejudge all this, which can, which can really tie them up where they don't even inquire because they prejudge and say, well, I'm not going to qualify. They're embarrassed maybe about a credit issue or something that happened. So they don't even try. And that's absolutely the wrong way to go about it. A huge misconception, especially from people that bought a home and they're refinancing for the first time, is they think that just because when they bought their home, they had to write a big check at closing for closing costs and down payment, they automatically think when they refinance, they're also going to have to pay all these closing costs and down payment and stuff out of pocket. Absolutely incorrect. Almost every single one of my clients, without exception, doesn't come out of pocket at all for their refinance. If anything, a couple hundred dollars for an appraisal. That would be it. Okay. Other than that, we can roll in pretty much every single closing cost that you would have and that you paid out of your bank account when you actually bought the property. So that's a big misconception that stops people. If your loan's structured right, again, little to no out-of-pocket cost. So don't let that stop you. And last but not least, I would say, you know, someone goes and they try to refinance with their bank. It's really common. They have a bank account with Webster Bank or 
uh, you know, Farmington Bank or one of these local banks and they go there to refinance because they have the relationship and then they get denied for the loan or they get told, oh, you need to work on your credit. We can't get you the best rate because of this, that or the other. And they just get really down and out about that. They feel like, oh my God, I, I thought I was going to save all this money. I thought I this was going to be great. And my local bank, who I have this great relationship with, is telling me no. So that's it. And they throw in the towel. They don't realize that there's private mortgage bankers like myself, that there's mortgage brokers, correspondent lenders. There's all these different options to get a mortgage that can help people that have even been denied from other banks. And I have multiple clients every single month that come to me that have been denied from a lot of different lenders, some of them one, some of them multiple, we put on a different hat, so to speak. We look at it from a different standpoint. We look at the loan creatively on how can we make this work. I've had this happen a lot lately with retired people. They were working, now they're retired, and they got denied from their bank because they supposedly don't make enough money. I look at the loan and I can switch the program around or have them take a retirement distribution or different things that can make that loan into an easy loan to get done, into a simple loan to get done. You just have to know the ins and outs of the guidelines and what can work, what the underwriters are looking for. So don't think just because you got denied for a loan before that everyone else is the same. And that can really hurt. That's well, that's that's a relief to hear, Rob. Talk a little bit about the cost, though, that are associated with refinancing your home. I will talk about these costs because they come up every day and mm. they're you know, yeah. it's very common. People know when they get a mortgage, banks don't lend money for free. Um, there's people involved in the process. Like I said, appraisers, loan originators, mortgage processors, underwriters, uh, all these different people that have to get paid, title companies, attorneys, et cetera. So people get intimidated. The minute you say the word attorney, right? It's like, oh, where do I write the check? How much is it going to be? So understand that there's two types of costs when you're buying or excuse me, when you're refinancing, there's the upfront costs and then there's the bundled or the rolled in costs. So the upfront costs are going to be things that have to be paid for upfront. Again, every company's different. I know some lenders charge an application fee, which can be four, five, six hundred dollars. Other companies don't charge that. Some charge for credit reports, et cetera. But again, I'll tell you how I do things. No application fee, no credit report fee. The only upfront fee you would need to pay is after we pre-approve your refinance, many times, most of the time, I would say, there will be some sort of appraisal needed of the home. And that appraisal, depending on the property, that could run you anywhere from, I'd say, $400 on the low end to maybe six, dollars $700 on the high end for like a multifamily home or a multi-million dollar property. Those will be more on the high end. Mm -hmm. But regular single family appraisals right now, Four to $500 for almost all of them. That could be your only upfront cost. So for many people, if you're going to save all this money by refinancing, you can recoup that appraisal fee very quickly within yeah. just a month or two a lot of the time. Um, generally speaking, closing costs can range in Connecticut between 3 and 4% of the loan amount that you're taking. Okay, so on like a $100,000 loan, that could be three to $4,000, $200,000 loan, double that amount. A lot of it's based on the money that you're borrowing. So understand if your loan officer structures it properly and if you request it, they can roll in all those costs almost all the time into your loan. They just know need to know how to structure it properly to give you the loan that's going to not only cover paying off your previous mortgage and whatever goals you may have, but also 
it's going to cover those closing costs. So we can roll that into your payment. So that's really important. Uh, another differentiation I want to make is mortgage loan costs versus prepaid items. So mortgage loan costs are your loan origination fee, your uh, appraisal fee, processing fee, uh, underwriting, that sort of thing. Title insurance, attorney's fee, that's all hard loan costs that you're going to have. The other side of it, and sometimes the costs that can be even more are prepaid costs. What are prepaid costs? That's going to be to set up the escrow account for your taxes and insurance. Those are not fees. You're going to have those no matter what because it's related to your property tax and it's related to your home insurance. We need to collect certain amounts of that in your escrow account in order for there to be enough in your loan to pay those different items out. So again, don't look at those as fees, even though they're included in the total closing cost number, you need to break it up between the loan costs and then the prepaid costs. The other thing that's in the prepaid cost is recording fees. So state of Connecticut charges recording fees to record a new mortgage, um, depending some other states charge transfer taxes like New York and Florida charge some extra fees that we don't have here in Connecticut like that when you're refinancing. So that can all be included in those prepaid costs. But it's important when you see a big number on the paperwork that you look at what that big number encompasses. Because a lot of the time, if you look closely, you'll realize that a lot of it is your property tax and your home insurance. And those aren't fees. That's your money that just has to be collected out of the mortgage. And like I said, rolled into the loan most of the time, amortized over the period that you're financing. So you don't have to actually come out of pocket because for excuse me, for most people, if I told them they had to write a check for $5,000 or $7,000 to refinance to save a couple hundred a month, it's not possible. You know, it really isn't, especially in this market and in this economy right now. So those are really the, the main costs and the differentiation that I want you to understand when it comes to these closing costs. What about the current timeline for refinancing? So, like I said, I know that there's going to be people that look at refinancing and say, well, my bank told me it was going to take 90 days, 120 days. I realize that. But understand when you're working with a mortgage expert, a mortgage professional, a mortgage advisor, they're either going to be like you, a mortgage broker, a correspondent lender, a private banker like myself. In those cases, you're usually looking at like a 30 to 60 day timeline, sometimes even less to refinance. That would be if you need an appraisal done, because as we've talked about previously, there's such a shortage of appraisers right now. And so many people trying to buy and refinance, an appraiser could take a week or two just to get out to your house and another week or two after that to actually write up the report and set it in. So if you need an appraisal done, 30 to 60 days, I would say, is a reasonable time frame to refinance. If you don't need an appraisal, though, it completely unlocks a really, really quick and painless refinance process. I will tell you a story about a client I met with last Wednesday, okay? They came to my office and I met with them. We signed all the loan disclosures last Wednesday. I got an appraisal waiver. We got the clear to close yesterday, one week from when I met with them until they actually had the clear to close on their loan. So I'm saying 15 to 30 days on, on average with no appraisal, but if you have a rock star loan officer and processor and team in place, this can be done in as little as one to two weeks. So don't be intimidated, don't worry about it. Get the information, find out the benefit, and then determine the timeline and if it's gonna work. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show with Rob Weinberg. Rob can be 
contacted at 860-413-3938. His website is www.robgw.com. I'm Gary Byron. All right, so if if I've got a super low interest rate, Rob, why why would I want to look for refinancing? And this is a really common myth that people are uh, bringing to the table nowadays because maybe they bought their home a year ago or two years ago. The rates were really good back then, and they're good now, maybe a little better, but it's like, if I already have a three and a quarter rate, why am I going to refinance to go down to 2.9 or 2.8? And I will tell you that actually reducing your interest rate is is probably the most common reason to refinance, but it's definitely not the number one reason or the only reason to refinance. Something really common uh, nowadays that we've talked about several times before is reducing the term of your loan. So if we can not only drop your rate, but also shorten the term, shorten the amount of time you have to pay, really common right now to go from like 25 years left to 20 years left, or maybe a 20-year loan down to a 15-year loan. I have quite a few people retiring in the next 10 to 15 years, and they're already looking on the horizon saying, I want to pay my home off by the time I retire. I have 15 or 20 years left now. I want to move forward with a shorter-term loan, like a 10-year mortgage. So we're doing a double whammy. We're both lowering their rate and we're putting them with their financial goals more in tune now because they'll have their home paid off by the time they retire, by the time their kids go away to college, all these different financial goals that they may have. Another huge one is debt consolidation. Because of the run-up in home values, people in Connecticut and all across the country have this opportunity now that wasn't there a year or two ago to tap that equity and refinance. And it actually makes sense almost every time, even if your rate is going up. I've seen so many times when someone will come with a two and a half percent rate. Now they want to consolidate their debt and their rate's going to be three percent or three and a half percent. They're still saving thousands of dollars a month. If they had that closed minded thought of, oh, well, I already have that low rate. I'm not going to do anything. They would have left thousands of dollars a month on the table. So that's huge. The last one I'll touch on because I know we're short on time is extending the term of your loan. Maybe retirement is on the horizon and you see that your budget isn't going to work. So we can extend the term and lower your payment as well. Now, let's say I just bought a home recently. How soon thereafter should I be looking to refinance? So if you just bought a home recently, people think that, oh, I got to wait years to refinance. But technically, you really only need to look as early as six months. You could look at that. So it's like if you bought your home in January, I'm not going to tell you go in February and look to refinance. It probably doesn't make sense. There's probably not a benefit. And also from the standpoint of appraisals and things, uh, it's probably just not going to be the best opportune time. But right around when it starts looking very favorable, at least to evaluate your options, is at the six-month mark. And every one of my clients, whether they refinanced or bought a property, we look at around the six to eight-month mark is when we first look at their loan. We look at their financial situation to see if anything's changed that could allow them to benefit. And I find a ton of refinance opportunities at the one-year mark. I have multiple clients right now that bought in 2020, you know, early to mid-2020. We're now doing their annual mortgage reviews, and we're finding, believe it or not, people that put 3 3.5%, 5% down a year ago, and now they have 20 to 30% equity in one year. In any other market, that would be unheard of and impossible because of the market we're in here now. 
uh, with everything going on. To gain that type of equity in one year is absolutely incredible. And if those people had that closed mindedness and no advisory, then they wouldn't be looking at those options. All right, I, I need this short answer to maybe some of the factors that could cause a refinancing application to be declined. Sure. So I would say number one reason is insufficient credit. Maybe you had a credit issue before and your credit's below the minimum threshold for whatever reason. Uh, also, irregular income or issues with your income. And of course, appraisal. You know, if we need an appraisal and there's construction going on in the house or a specific issue with the house that will cause the appraisal not to come in at the value we need or the appraisal isn't done in a way that makes the property uh, meet the minimum standard, so to speak, then those are going to be really common reasons for the loan to get denied. Uh, what you want to do as a homeowner is bring up concerns from the get-go. If you got denied before, you have a concern about your home, a concern about your credit or income, like let's handle that right up front. Let your loan officer know, hey, I'm concerned about this. And let's see if we can work something out or find a solution. Let's try to find a solution to that problem before the problem even comes up. And again, like we were alluding to, if you've been denied before, you should know what type of issues there may be with the application. And last but not least, look at different loan program options. Just because you were denied for a conventional loan doesn't mean that you can't get a VA loan or an FHA loan or another type of loan. Sometimes these government-backed loans have much more flexible liberal guidelines. And a lot of banks, unfortunately, and credit unions, I found, they'll just put you in one box because that's all they offer and say, nope, you don't fit in the box. We can't help you have a good day. You can't get down and out. You have to look at other options. You have to find an advisor, get a referral, go online and find someone with really good reviews that has multiple loan options that can help you to get to that refinancing goal. Oh, wow. All right. Well, Absolutely. The other thing I wanted to talk about was a two-step refinancing process, which is if you're not in the loan program for your needs right up front, mm -hmm. maybe we do a first step of getting you some sort of loan to help lower your payment, consolidate debt, get your credit up. It may not be the ideal long-term, mm -hmm. but it's at least a short-term solution. And then we can go in six months, a year, a couple years later when your credit is better, your income is more favorable, that sort of thing. And then we can do a second refinance at that point to actually get you into maybe a more long-term loan. So a common two-step refinance would be you do a cash out, we get rid of a bunch of debt, we pay off some bills, get your credit where it needs to be. That can take a couple of months. It doesn't happen immediately. And then go in at that six to 12 month mark, your credit's up, the home value's better. You maybe built some more equity in there. Like I said, maybe your income's in a better position to where now we can get you approved for a rate and term refinance, which is just simply to actually lower the rate or change the term of your loan. So by using that more long-term outlook and looking at not only one refi, but two refinances in a short period of time, sometimes that can really make sense, but it has to be done with a purpose. It has to be done with a strategy. I don't condone something called churning. And what the churning is, is when you refinance multiple times and there's not really a benefit. I'm talking about the opposite of churning, which is refinancing twice with an actual specific goal in mind each time. Like I said, maybe one time it's paying off debt, the next time it's lowering your rate. Or maybe one time it's finishing up improvements on your home or doing a home renovation, and now the next time it's going to be to lower your rate or do something else. How many times can you refinance your home? No limit.
There's absolutely no limit. How, about, how many times in one year can you refinance? I've had people refinance twice in one year. I've heard of people doing it even more than that, but I've myself only dealt with clients doing it twice in one year. And most of the time it's due to this two-step process right, where right. they'll have low credit in the beginning, they get a high rate, and then the rates go down, the home values are up, and we look at it again and it's like, wow, we can save you a point, two points on your rate, and it's only been maybe eight or nine months. So that's where we're at as far as the time and how often you can refinance finance. Uh, and really, are the rates changing daily? The rates can change multiple times a day. Okay. So it can really be a scenario where in the morning it's one rate and by evening it's a different one. It's like the stock so market. If you like anything that you've heard uh, this morning on this show, folks, you're going to want to write this phone number down as well as this website. Uh, 860-413-3938. That's the number for you to make an appointment with Rob Weinberg. I'll repeat that. 860 413 3938. You can also check out his website at www.robgw.com. Once again, online, robgw.com. And if you've got a question that you'd like answered on these very airwaves, hey, maybe as soon as next week, simply email Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.